Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It is Monday the 15th of June. Over the weekend, the Captain Cook statue in Sydney's Hyde Park was defaced. So later on, we're going to talk about that big question. Should we be pulling down statues? I find it odd that people are horrified at a statue falling and not horrified at what's being celebrated with having that statue there. That's the briefing topic a little later on the show. Right now, let's get into the big news of the day with Annika Smethurst. A fatal shooting of another African-American by police has sparked more protests and rioting in the US. It's incredible that this has happened. Overnight footage has come out that shows the victim, Rashad Brooks, having a friendly chat with officers in Atlanta moments before his death. I can just go home. I have my daughters there right now. My, three, my daughter's birthday was yesterday. Hold on, Miss Brooks. Will you take a preliminary breath test for me? Is yes or no? I don't want to refuse anything. So it started out pretty calm, but then the situation escalated. I think you've had too much to drink to be driving. So put your hands behind your back for me. Yeah, put your hands behind your back. Stop fighting. You're going to get tased. You're going to get tased. You're going to get tased. Stop. Stop. You're going to get tased. Stop. Stop. Stop fighting. Yeah, after that, Mr Brooks then starts running from the officers in the car park of a Wendy's restaurant. And a warning to some of you, you might find this bit distressing. Wow. So you can hear the shooting there. Um, the Wendy's was then torched by activists. Um, two officers involved have been stood down. Atlanta's police chief has quit over the shooting. And Annika, it's hard to imagine this won't spark a massive round of, of protests or even riots around the country. Yeah, it's just incredible that this has happened again so close to the death of George Floyd. And as you say, it'll spark those tensions which are already there. And several Australian statues have been defaced over the weekend. The Captain Cook statue in Sydney's Hyde Park was spray-painted at 4am on Saturday morning with the words, there's no pride in genocide. And today we've learnt that one of the two women accused of doing that is a part-time green staffer. Yeah, they managed to get in there despite the huge police presence earlier in the night. And also in Ballarat, the monuments of John Howard and Tony Abbott were also spray-painted on the weekend. Wasn't it just bizarre, Annika, seeing those pictures of the police standing around in huge numbers guarding that Captain Cook statue and you wonder... How did we get to this? Yeah, it was some incredible footage there. And also in Ballarat, they had some locals that had come out and said they'd want to protect those busts of the Prime Ministers, um, but still people managed to sneak in and and spray paint them. Yeah, interesting to hear about, um, I guess, right-wing supporters of of Howard and Abbott there stepping in to try and protect and failing to protect. Um, We saw those scenes in the UK as well, where a bunch of far-right protesters came into London City and sparked violent clashes um, where they were doing the same thing, essentially, proposing to protect those statues of of people like Winston Churchill. Yeah, it might seem strange to some that Gandhi statues have already been vandalised, but um, to some he does have a bit of a controversial past. What do you make of that, Tom? Yeah, I mean, it was a surprise to me. I don't know that much about Gandhi, but um, people are claiming that he has racist attitudes towards black South Africans, even though he did so much to, I guess, advance the cause of his own people. And to Victoria now, uh, the Victorian Premier will soon respond to claims of corruption in the Victorian Labor Party. It was a pretty explosive 60 Minutes report that claimed a Victorian minister, Adam Somirak, was involved in seriously questionable practices, including some of the way candidates have been chosen by the party for certain seats. Yeah, and we're expecting to hear Dan Andrews respond to those allegations sometime today. 
Adam Somirak himself is yet to respond to the claims. Annika, how big a deal is this story? Look, this will be a pretty sensational story in political circles. The story last night was, as I said, pretty explosive. Um, it suggested Adam Somirak um, was in control of a lot of different MPs. He was bragging about branch stacking and also caught um, on phone having some pretty nasty conversations about some of his colleagues, meaning it would be pretty hard for him to stay in Cabinet. I've had a chat to some Labor MPs overnight and there's a huge demand for Daniel Andrews and also Anthony Albanese to act on this as soon as this morning. And there's some more good news on lockdown measures. Here's Dan Andrews, the Victorian Premier. Something as close to uh, normal life as we can safely deliver. Well, that sounds pretty good to me. There's big changes on the way in Victoria and New South Wales. Uh, as other states also look at their lockdowns. We're very pleased to be at this place, but we do so with enormous caution. That was Gladys Berejiklian, the New South Wales Premier. They're confirming those 50 patron limits on restaurants and pubs in New South Wales are gone. Instead, it'll just be the one per four square metre rule. Yeah, which I think is a lot simpler for people to understand. Um, Certainly the mood was pretty strong around Sydney over the weekend. Lots of people going back to their favourite bars, which was nice to see. Uh, And footy fans will even be able to head back to to the games, which is amazing. Up to 10,000 people can head along from July 1. In Victoria, the big change is being able to drink without food, meaning simply you'll be able to simply head to the pub for a beer. And as Dan Andrews um, sort of said earlier, and a lot of people paid attention Victorians are really looking forward to getting on the beers. Beers, 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 Finally, Annika, get on the beers. Yeah, look, we've had this limit in Canberra too that every time you go and have a beer, you have to order food. So that's going to be lifted from Friday here. Cannot wait for that one. Okay, we'll catch you tomorrow, Annika. In just a moment, we're going to get into the statue debate. Imagine that some of your ancestors were traded as slaves and each day on the way to work, you have to walk past a statue of a man who, among other things, traded in slaves. How would you feel? Would you want that statue taken down? But then if that statue was taken down, what other statues would you take down? And how would you decide? What if these figures also did some really good things in their lives. This is a very intense debate that's happening around the world right now. Should we pull down statues of people whose actions now appear hurtful and deeply offensive in today's context? So this is a scene from Bristol in England the weekend before last where a statue of a slave trader, Edward Colston, was thrown into the river. Across the Atlantic in the US, a statue of Christopher Columbus has been decapitated, that was in Boston. In Belgium, in Europe, um, a statue of a brutal coloniser, King Leopold, was removed in the city of Antwerp. And all of this has happened since the death of African-American man George Floyd, which sparked global Black Lives Matter protests right around the world. Now, the deeper debate has been going on a lot longer, though, and here in Australia, Well, we haven't seen statues torn down, but in the past, they have been defaced. So the question is, should we take down statues of people that have inflicted hurt, pain or or even death on Indigenous Australians? Now, last week, the Indigenous Affairs Minister, Ken White, and also Labor's shadow Indigenous Affairs Minister, Linda Burney, both Indigenous people, said they don't support pulling down statues because it erases history. Yeah, but not everyone agrees with that position. Dr Chelsea Bond is an Indigenous academic and podcaster, and she doesn't agree. 
She joins us now. Um, Chelsea, thanks so much for being with us. What do you make of these statues being torn down around the world? Um, look, I'm just waiting for our moment here. Okay, you'd like to... I mean, should we be grieving the loss of those statues? Or, like, I'm not understanding why people would be upset about, I mean, these statues being taken down. So which statues would you like to see taken down here if you're waiting for the, for the moment for it? Look, to there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's this um, quite large Captain Cook uh, up near Cairns. Um, I'm here for the Cook statues to come down. I mean, you know, I'm, I guess I'm being a bit flippant about it, but um, it's one thing to have to live in a land that is taken from you and it's a whole other thing to have the violence memorialised and also celebrated each year on the 26th of January. I don't know why people are shocked or surprised at these monuments um, to individuals who've had a hand in the violence inflicted upon black and brown people the world over. Um, why aren't we horrified at their deeds? Yeah, well, a, a lot of people are, but I guess they they did bad deeds, but some of them also did good deeds. And I guess making a judgment that's binary several decades or, or centuries later is very complex. I'm not sure what the binary judgment is here. Well, to take the statue down or not. Well, isn't it a binary judgment to have it then? Yeah, yeah. but that was a decision that was made some time by ago. Who? But by who? And this is the thing. Like, I think with this whole Black Lives Matter moment, if we actually take the words Black Lives Matter seriously, then we actually care what matters to black people. And if black people are saying, look, all this time we've had to endure these insults, now where we get to have a say on, as a society, what we should memorialise. I mean, surely we get included now in that category of what it is to be human um, and what it means to be a fair and just society. Yeah. Well, what do you make of the argument tearing down these statues is in a way uh, rewriting or erasing a part of history and that if you wanted to deal with the awfulness of some of the people depicted, the best way to do that would be to alter the statue or as an addition maybe add another statue. What do you make of that argument? Yeah, that's funny. Um, I mean, we're making history. We're always making history and this moment is a historical moment where the world over the people are saying Black Lives Matter. This is not just a hashtag. It stuns me the arguments being put forth about this because it's like, okay, so now do you realise how Aboriginal people feel then? Like we don't even memorialise massacre sites here. In fact, we give monuments to the people who presided over them. Uh, We named this place has been renamed after the people uh, who exacted violence upon us. You know, where are our heroes? Where are our statues? Not just massacre sites. And this is not about, okay, let's add some Aboriginal ones now. No, 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 let's think about as a society who we are. Because, you know, everyone says when Hanson comes out with a racist thing, everyone says, oh, that's not who we are. Well, look at the monuments around this place. Look at what we celebrate in this country. We celebrate violence and those monuments uh, embody that. And I just, I I find it odd that people are horrified at a statue falling and not horrified at what's being celebrated with having that statue there. Well, I hope that this is at least going to make some people think about some of those bigger questions and actually what is Mm. beyond the tearing down and or erecting of statues. If we really want to know it, if we really love our history that much and those statues are so important to our history, then actually know the full history. All right, thanks so much for speaking to us, Chelsea. No worries, thanks for having me. That was Dr Chelsea Bond, who is an academic at the University of Queensland. Uh, let's go to an Indigenous person with quite a different view. Geoffrey Winters is a former Liberal Party candidate. He's a lawyer. 
an Indigenous man. Jeffrey, thanks for joining us. You don't think statues should be pulled down. Why not? Um, my view is that we don't need less statues. We need more statues because at the end of the day, um, they do record a part of history, be it good or bad. And I don't think anyone learns or grows or is enriched by there being less information about the past. I think everyone learns by there being more. Um, I don't think they're without problems, a lot of them, but I think that can be corrected and that could be our contribution. But are there some statues, you know, of people that were so bad, like Jimmy Savile, for example, uh, a pedophile, that you, you would support taking down? Are there some cases? No, I don't think there are because, you know, take, for example, Cecil Rhodes, which is a very controversial historical yeah. figure and there's been a huge movement around tearing down statues of him in particularly education institutions like Harvard and Oxford. Tearing a Cecil Rhodes statue down doesn't help us inform ourselves as to why this person was problematic. In fact, if we put more information around those statues, such as, you know, here stands a man who gave a huge ton of money to correct his image after committing atrocities, and this is what he actually did as opposed to the kind of naive way he's depicted in his statues now, is a much better approach. If you just tear it down, you're edging on rewriting history, first of all, which is really, I think, super problematic and difficult. And instead, we could just, like not erase that part of history, but rewrite it with its context in the past, saying, okay, you'd leave the plaques as they are and you'd add more, would be my view. So are you for the rewriting of history or not, or are you for it if it's done in a particular context? Because you've just said that taking the statues down would be like rewriting history, which you don't want, but you do want a plaque or an addition, which would also be rewriting history. Can you clarify that? We can only reflect the views that we hold now, and these statues reflect the view that was held at a former time, and all we can do is contribute the view that we hold now to be correct and accurate, and my expectation is that in the future there'll be a view that's, uh, that's different as well, and it'll be added to again. So I don't think you're rewriting, and that's a good point to clarify. Yeah. I think you're adding a clarification of the contemporary view of the individual or the, you know, the group of people. And you should be entirely expected in the future that view will be updated as well, which is entirely how history works. I think it's a moving feast. It's constantly being added to. Maybe in a thousand years' time, there'll be, you know, a hundred plaques around the, the statue of Captain <laughs> Cook. You know, just just an addition every every 50 years or so. I guess the question that I kind of want to ask is, can, can you see where the people who want to take or who, who argue that some statues should be taken down, can you see where they're coming from? Because if you're someone Absolutely. who is, you know, a, a, a Belgian person of, say, Congolese descent, and you've had to look at that statue of King Leopold in Belgium, who was an objectively horrid man, um, can you understand why somebody would not want to, to see that statue, to know that that statue has pride of place, given what that statue represents? I can absolutely understand that view. And, I mean, here at home, obviously, the cook analogy is, is the right one as well, and it's so relevant at the present time given his, the anniversary of his, of his arrival. But I think the problem isn't having a Cook statue at the top of Macquarie Street looking down over the, you know, the seat of government in Sydney, but it's the fact that we don't have the statues of great women and Aboriginal people and migrants nearby kind of overshadowing his contribution and really speaking the volume of, great, uh, um, of greatness that's come since. I think if you took the Cook statue down, for example, you do sort of ease the pain that it's caused. I have no doubt that would be the consequence. But you also remove the provocation because right now we're all having big conversations about problematic pasts and that's a good thing. Whereas I think tearing a statue down is the easy answer to a really difficult question. Are you saying it would be great to have, say, a statue of Benelong right next to him? Absolutely, and, and so many more. I, think, I mean, 
Australia is a really interesting place. If you travel Europe and other parts of the world, it's interesting to note just how few statues we have in this country and how how other societies, I think, are better at recognising the people in their generation that they value for their contribution. Do, do you know if really we, up- do we have any statues of Indigenous people in Australia? We've got certainly large public arts. Um, there's huge murals and others around Sydney, and I think down in Barangaroo there are public art displays that recognise Indigenous individuals, but I wouldn't point to a single example right now that I know of. So having a look at the, um, the the statue of Edward Colston that was thrown into a river in Bristol, I don't know if you if you saw that vision yeah. or whether you know that that happened. What what do you think about that? What what do you make of the crowd and what do you make of um, of that particular event? I mean, obviously, there's a huge amount of anger in 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 the community around the world at the moment, particularly built around race relations, which is coming to a culmination. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to have this expression. But again, I think. The throwing of that statue into the river is a really momentary and almost childish um, expression of that frustration. It's sad because I think a lot of the people who participated in that will probably turn around and go back to their ordinary lives tomorrow and not necessarily continue with that fight. I think that statue having been there continued to motivate a conversation and by it being gone, it had a sort of single moment and it's over and done with in a way. And I think I'm not going to criticise them for doing it, and, and I certainly am completely with their motivations and their pain, but I do, I do think it's almost childish to deal with that pain in that way. There are more productive and ongoing ways in which you can express that frustration. I mean, maybe this is just the beginning for them, though. Maybe this is how you sort of start to deal with the pain and then try and rectify it through other means. We don't know whether the protesters who threw that statue into the river are going to stop there necessarily in their activism. It could be a beginning, not an end. That's true. We don't know that, and that's, and I'm hopeful that it's not. But, you know, we've been having these discussions about statues for a couple of years now, and we tend to, like, get over it once the cricket starts and move on to something more <laughs> trivial. <laughs> Great to speak to you, Geoffrey. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Tom. That was Geoffrey Winters. Jen, I wonder if people who've listened to those two arguments there will... We'll look at statues differently if they walk past one this week. I hope so. I mean, I've learnt quite a lot, ironically, about history from the statues being pulled down, that I've read more about the people um, behind the monuments. So, if anything, at least this might spark a little bit of interest to kind of look back and really assess what happened in, in history and how that affects people today. That is it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have an amazing day. Tomorrow, has COVID-19 been good or bad for young people wanting to buy their first home? Speak to you then. A Podcast One production.